0: When you get, you know, uh, inertia going in the viewership of a video, um, YouTube's algorithms recognize that and they elevate you in search. And so the more you get, the more you get elevated. And if you continue to get more, you get, you know, higher and higher elevation in their search. And so that kind of created, you know, a bit of uh, inertia and energy that drove that video um, very quickly to the point where, you know, I think it had maybe I want to say 100,000 views, 200,000 views.
1: Long-time listeners of the show may recognize that voice as today's guest on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast was first back on the show in episode three. That's 65 episodes ago. But since I last had him on the show, the thing is that his YouTube channel has exploded. And with now over 140,000 subscribers to his channel and more than 1 million views on his most popular video, I simply had to invite him back on to talk to you guys all about YouTube growth triggers and strategy. So let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of effective video marketing to attract your tribe and grow your business. In today's show, I wanted to explore for you the journey of one small business owner as he grew his brand on YouTube from zero to almost 140,000 subscribers over the last couple of years. Now, I first had Philip Van Dusen from Verhal Brand Design on the show back in episode three when this podcast was titled Engage with Story. And at that time, we had a really valuable chat all about how to use story to design your brand. But since then, as you'll hear in my interview with Philip today, his YouTube channel has hit a few tipping points and grown hugely in what has been a relatively short space of time. So for you, dear listener of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I wanted to bring Philip back to the show today and really unpack for you his journey with YouTube for his business and personal brand and learn more about some of the things that he's done that's led to this success. And importantly, success not only in growing his YouTube channel, but also leading to successful business outcomes for his branding consultancy. But first, a little bit about my guest today. Philip Van Dusen has over 20 years of experience in strategic branding, graphic design, and product development. He's held the position of Vice President, Head of Design for Global Snacks at PepsiCo, where he was responsible for the identification, creation, management, and execution of comprehensive brand design strategies that had a major impact on the growth of multi-billion dollar brands. He's also worked across an impressive list of major brands and is now the principal of Verhal Brand Design, a strategic design and brand consultancy based out of New York. Now, as always, you can find links to Philip and everything we talk about here in today's show notes over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 68. But for now, what are we waiting for? Let's get on with the show. Philip Van Dusen, welcome back to the podcast. You're actually episode three of the engage with story podcast all the way back 65 something episodes ago, back when this was the engage with story podcast, now the engage video marketing podcast. And you're actually the first time I've had someone on the show twice. So welcome back.
0: Well, thanks Ben. I'm glad you're having vets back. So that's good.
1: Yeah. And it's really interesting. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on to the show today is because you've been on a bit of a journey since, uh, since we last spoke. So before we get into where you are and what's been happening with your YouTube channel, um, as I want to get into in this conversation, can you, for people that didn't listen to episode three, I do encourage people to go back and listen to episode three but do go let's, back
0: and listen to episode three. If
1: they didn't if they don't have the time. We don't want them to stop listening to this one now either. So no, no, no. let's just fill them in on your story. So who are you? What are you all about? And um and what led you to, to where you are today?
0: Sure. Uh I my career has been um on the agency side, branding agency side, and the client side. So, I've been a senior creative leader for 25 plus years um, in global branding agencies, as well as a couple, you know, large global fashion retailers, as well as CPG or com, um, uh, consumer packaged goods companies, um, leading you know multidiscipline creative teams to do that sort of work, both you know strategic branding as well as uh, in product development, and about three three years ago, I struck off on my own and decided to start my own agency. I have an agency named um, Verhal Brand Design, and uh, so I do strategic branding design for entrepreneurs and small to medium sized businesses.
1: Awesome. So, as well as the, I guess, design consulting and design work that you do with businesses, what's the what's the core of your product offering now? Like, how are you how are you making coin in your business today
0: uh i i split that between doing brand strategy so a strategy consulting um which kind of stretches into business development and i also do uh graphic design so brand identity websites social media uh content development things like that um on the side kind of as a as a offshoot which we were chatting about before we started up was i um i do professional uh coaching for creative professionals as well
1: Awesome. So keep, keep listening to the end guys. Cause if you're interested in diving into more of what philip has got, then there'll be all the links to find out more about Philip. but I wanted to get you on to talk about your YouTube journey, because I, I kind of see you as a, a little bit of a, I guess, accidental YouTuber in a way, um, because obviously there was some strategy behind launching into YouTube, which we'll dive into, but for you, I mean, you're, you're not a, a YouTuber, you're not necessarily positioning yourself as a, as a content creator in that space. Um, But that is kind of what you've become. So your YouTube channel on last check was nearly at 140,000 subscribers, which is awesome. And um, yeah, I mean, let's go into that a little bit. Let's figure out how did you get started on YouTube? What was your reasons for starting a YouTube channel for your business in the first place? And, and you know, what's that story?
0: Sure. I When I went off and started my agency, I you know realized that I was woefully behind on uh, brand development in terms of uh, inbound content marketing. I'd never really done that in my professional career in the agency or client side. And I knew that to build my own business, I was going to have to really dig into content development pretty heavily. So the first thing I did was I, I started developing a Uh, email list and started putting out a newsletter every two weeks, which I still do. And um, you can sign up for that on my website. It's called Brand Muse and it comes out every two weeks. And after I had that rolling for about six to nine months, I decided that I wanted to, you know, start on a new channel. And I had to kind of weigh the the pros and merits and, and the cons of a podcast or a YouTube channel. And I fell to YouTube because you know, I'm a branding guy, I'm a design guy, and it's a very visual medium. And in order to really uh, exploit, you know, the importance of visuals, I knew I was going to have to do, you know, video in some way, shape or form. So I started a YouTube channel. And, you know, my intention was to, first of all, it was to pretty much capture and share everything I've learned over the last 25 years of my career, um, with people who are either entrepreneurs and and business people who are trying to improve their brands and their brand strategy and their brand design, but also to help creative professionals improve their careers. So I kind of split my message between um, creative professionals and entrepreneurs. But the interesting thing is to help creative professionals, you're essentially sharing almost the same things that you're sharing with the entrepreneurs. So the messages intertwine very easily. So I wanted to capture everything that I, I knew and kind of, you know get it in a place where people could access it and benefit from it and could get real value of it out of it so i started recording videos um you know just talking head type of videos with intermittent slides in the in my home office and uh and posting them and uh you know like any kind of first foray into social media it's a you know you're talking to a empty room in a way, you know, and uh, you know, slowly over time, people would discover my videos, and my audience grew and grew, and my catalog of videos grew and grew. Um, my the quality of my videos got better over time. There's you know, I certainly am by no means a production expert, or do I try to be? Um, for me, it's really more about the content that I'm delivering.
1: So in those early days, I mean, how strategic were you? You mentioned that you had an idea of your audience who you wanted to reach with this content, but you know, how strategic was your content planning in those early days? Were you just coming up with an idea for a video and pressing record and away you go? And then next time just coming up with a new idea or had you mapped things out in some way?
0: It was really, you know, to a certain extent, it was like what you said at the end there, which is I would come up with the idea of video, I record it and I post it. I mean, the, I had a clear idea of who my target was, which is very important. And so I knew that I also knew one of the things that I do in my agency is I'm taking the strategic brand methodology that I've used through my career with Fortune 500 companies and I've scaled it down so it's can be used by entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses in a really effective way for their businesses these are you know processes and methodologies that large corporations pay hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for but I wanted I really felt very passionately that you know the individual the creative professional entrepreneur could use these things as well. And so when I started my agency, I put those things to work in my agency for my clients. And then as I started my YouTube channel, I thought I'm just gonna start sharing very openly how I do what I do and the types of tools that I use and the type of you know, thinking processes that I go through. Um, and to a certain extent, documenting my own journey along the way of building my own agency and then sharing everything I've learned over my career as well. And so as when I started off, I would just, you know, pick one of the many strategic tools I use and I'd spend five or, you know, eight minutes describing how to use it. And then I would leave it as a, you know, downloadable PDF on my website. So I could drive people to my website to, you know, download a lead magnet. Um, And I just, you know, kept releasing video after video on those sorts of topics on, you know, brand development, on design, on design trend, on um, you know, Topics of uh, self promotion, things for, like you know interviewing, how to find you know a great headhunter, how to leverage LinkedIn for you to increase your career, you know all the all the stuff that goes into self promotion and business building.
1: And you mentioned in those early days, it was kind of like talking to no one. And I imagine early days of releasing content on YouTube. You know, for many people that I speak to as well, it it's not necessarily that you're going to get hundreds of views, you know, on every video in the early days. So what, what was engagement on your channel like in those early days and how, <laughs> how long were you kind of plowing away at it, releasing content on a regular basis before things started to change for you?
0: Yeah. You're, you're making me uh, revisit very painful, emotional territory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. How it many was when well, I started know? off when I started my channel, I, the first thing I did was I went on Facebook and I asked all my friends and family, I said, please just go subscribe to my channel so I don't look so lame. And that's literally what I said. And I said, you don't ever have to watch a video, just subscribe to my channel so I don't have zero subscribers. And the response was great. I got about a hundred people that were my first hundred subscribers. And, um, So just that number not being zero made me feel great. Um, But, you know, as I put out videos, I would get, you know, 20, 50, 100 views. And I was just ecstatic that anyone was finding my stuff and watching it. And, uh, you know, when you first start off, I was, you know, I was incredibly um, self-conscious and paranoid and afraid of, you know, exposing myself and putting myself out there. But one of the things I talk about on my channel is that, you know, whenever you're starting, you don't, you generally don't have an audience, so you don't have to be so worried about putting yourself out there. You just have to do it. You're going to, you're going to improve over time and your audience will grow over time. Um, so you don't have to be, you don't have to be concerned about that. But in terms of how long I plugged away at it, I probably had, I want to say I had 25, maybe 50 videos up before I hit 10,000 subscribers. Um, and you know, hitting ten thousand—well, hitting a thousand was—you know—I was just shocked. But then when I hit ten, I was like, "Woohoo!" You know, I was so excited. But it's—you know—content development is a, is the long game, you know. And I'm sure you said that on your podcast. It's—it's uh, it's one of those things where you really have to make a commitment, and you have to show up, and you have to do it like a job, even when you're not essentially getting paid. And but the benefit is that you're accumulating an evergreen library of content that will live forever online. The big difference between advertising and content marketing is that advertising is finite. You pay for it, it runs, it ends. But content marketing, once you put it out there, it works for you forever. And that's one of the things that I, that really hit home with me as I started to do it and I started to reap the benefits of it.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's, that's such good advice and such an important reminder of, Of the importance of looking at it as a long game because it is this type of content does continue to return on the investment in time. And that investment in time in creating that content once over that long game becomes so much more valuable, doesn't it? Because, you know, in the initial stages of releasing a piece of content, it feels like I put my heart and soul into this. I'd spent hours and hours working on this piece of content and it's only had this many views or it's only led to this much result for my business. But when you add that compounding long game to it, it becomes a much better equation, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely. And the more volume you add to that library, the greater your appearance or your impact on the algorithms, the search algorithms are. And in YouTube, that was very significant. And because Google owns YouTube, that has also you know, been really beneficial to my business on, on, in Google search as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean let's talk about the growth of your channel then because you mentioned getting to 10,000 subscribers and and then I guess, you know, 50,000 and but was there a tipping point? Was there a was there a moment or a trigger or something that basically, you know, catapulted your your brand both in the algorithms but also just in the in the reach that you were getting on your channel?
0: Yeah, there was and uh you know, I would love to say it was it you know, I certainly have never bought a subscriber, so they're all true and organic. Um, but my, I did a video last year called "Graphic Design Trends for 2018," um, and I actually should go back farther. I did one for 2017 as well, which went, which performed very well, and I got a little bump in the subscribers out of doing that video. And I had a lot of fun with it, and it was very popular. So I decided to repeat that in 2018. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the things I learned from YouTube is you have to really pay attention and leverage your successes and build off those. Uh, so I did this 2018 trend video and then I had someone, you know, ping me an email or social or something and say, Hey, you just went up like 10,000 subscribers in a week. And I was, I hadn't looked at my channel and I looked and I was like, Oh my God, what happened? And someone sent me an email saying that your, your trend video has been picked up and put on a, you know, a very popular design website called uh, design taxi. And so they ran, they had my, um, my video on their on their front page for a couple days. And that's a hugely popular website in the design community. And so essentially it went viral and, uh, over a period of nine months, it got over a million views. Uh, so I've had one, you know, and then I've got, you know, I've got half a dozen other videos that, you know, have come in the hundreds of thousands of views. Um, but that was the one that really did it. And my, over the next two or three months, uh, people obviously either kept coming back to watch it or were sharing it with other people because I just had this, you know, stratospheric, you know, uh, volume increase in subscribers and it kind of, I went from, you know, probably 25,000 to 90,000, 95,000 in a period of six weeks. Uh, so that was a really, really huge bump. And I was very fortunate for that to happen. Um, and that, you know, and that's one of my suggestions for people as they start doing video is really work and in terms of promoting your videos across your social channels, but also trying to get them featured on other people's websites, because that really kind of 10 X is the exposure of what you're doing.
1: So let's unpack that a bit. I mean, it sounds like you weren't trying to have that video featured on a blog like design taxi. So, you know, it was a kind of, I guess, accidental in a way, but it was, um, were, were they on your radar or were you on their radar or how did that happen? Did they just find your video and love it and run with it?
0: I think they, I think what happened was that video, it took off and was doing very well before they featured it. So, My previous year, as I said, had done very well. This year I knew it would do vote well, but it did very well before design techs ever picked it up. And what happens on YouTube when you get a video that gets traction and you're engaging with it? And that's something I wanted to bring up on your podcast because of the name of your podcast, Engage Video Marketing. I, you know, I engaged in every single person who commented on that video. I've answered every single comment I have ever received on YouTube. And we're talking tens of thousands of comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and YouTube rewards you for that engagement. And I would, you know, respond with thoughtful comments, you know, almost immediately when people would comment. And when you get you know uh, inertia going in the viewership of a video um youtube's algorithms recognize that and they elevate you in search and so the more you get the more you get elevated and if you continue to get more you get you know higher and higher elevation in their search or even in their um in their you know uh, not search related, but just promoted videos, you know, that they feature on their front pages as people log in. And so that kind of created, a, you know, a bit of a inertia and energy that drove that video um, very quickly to the point where, you know, I think it had maybe, I want to say a hundred thousand views, 200,000 views before uh, design taxi picked it up. And I think that's, be, that's how they, it came on the radar. I think someone who works for design taxi, was having their eyes open for content for their website. They saw this video, they liked it, they featured it. And that's, that's such good advice
1: about the importance of engaging with content Even you know, even if it is not necessarily taking off yet. Even those initial comments, those initial first few likes and comments that you get on any piece of content, whether it be YouTube or not, it's all about engaging and keeping that community because all of the algorithms, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, Google, any of those algorithms they are looking for engagement um, and that's one of the key factors. So, you know, I love that. And I mean, that's a, a big undertaking, you know, when a, when a video does take off to be able to enge- engage with every single comment, but so important that you did that. Um, so as, as you, I guess your channel grew to a certain, certain point there and you crossed over that 100,000 subscriber threshold, um, like I said, now at 140,000 and growing, um, you know, how did that then impact on the way that you approached your content, that what you were doing on your channel? Did you keep doing what you had always been doing, or did you start to look at things differently, more strategically, or with a different a different
0: angle? I still, I'm pretty much still doing what I've been doing. Um, I think when I went into it, I had a very clear idea of the type of content that I was going to produce and the format I was going to use and the target audience that I had, and I hadn't, I didn't really ever change that. Um, I think what I have done is I've gotten smarter about um, the types of videos that I'm doing, meaning that I pay really close attention to my videos that are doing well. You know, YouTube is to a certain extent an entertainment and an education platform. And so there has to be a certain level of, you know, entertainment that comes across in your, you know, how, how you title your videos, how you create thumbnails for your videos. There has to be a bit of marketing grab in that. So I pay, I've paid closer attention to how I title things. Um, I also pay really close attention to the videos that are doing well and videos that have done well for me in the past. And sometimes I either revisit the topic with new thoughts or I find a different take on it or something that's slightly related, but an offshoot. And, um, And so I've been building the range of topics that I cover over time. Um, So, and also I think, you know, as you get larger in your subscriber count on YouTube, you show, and my, my catalog of videos has gotten to, you know, 130 or 140 videos now Um, I'm showing up in organic search for branding topics in general um, at a much higher level than I ever was. So that kind of the success builds on itself.
1: So how has this YouTube strategy that you've undertaken here impacted on your actual, on your business, on, on the bottom line of your business? Is this content marketing
0: working for you? Absolutely. I like to say that I'm pretty much like the poster child for the success of content marketing. I mean, I started my YouTube channel a little over two years ago and put out a video every single week in that period of time. And now, 65 percent of my new business leads that are coming into my agency are coming directly from youtube when i when people you know contact me or make an appointment to talk with me on my website um the first thing the first question i ask them is how did you you find out about me and you know more than half the time it's i found you on youtube i was searching found this trend video or i found something on brand strategy or you know social media you know, marketing and a video of yours came up and uh, I, I watched it and I liked it so much. I watched like five or 10 more of your videos, which happens to me a lot. And then people say, I really like how, how I like how you think. I like how you communicate. Um, I feel like I know you already and I know that I want to work with you. And that's something I actually wanted to chat about just quickly on on your show is that that's one of the real powerful things about podcasting or doing videos is that when people contact you after putting out that sort of content, they feel like you know, they know you already. Yeah, so definitely. there's that first half hour, hour conversation of getting to know you, proving that you're smart, you know, proving that you know what you're talking about, um, you know, expressing your credentials, all of that. That's all done and to a certain extent people already feel like they have a relationship with you so there's this whole level of intro business development that usually has to take place with a new client that's totally taken care of already so in that kind of capacity alone my youtube has probably saved me an incredible amount of time in you know onboarding or or selling in new clients
1: yeah that's so good so important to remember as well but how how are you approaching actually moving people to take some sort of action. Are you including a standard call to action in every video about if you want to work with me, go to my website? Is it as simple as that? Or are you you dropping in other ways for people to engage further?
0: Uh, Yes, I am. And that was actually something that when I got about halfway into my number of videos that I had, someone said, you know, you should really have a call to action on your videos. And I was like, duh. Yeah, I should. So I I basically created a, a kind of a 15 second trailer kind of little um, selling speech where I say, you know, if you'd like, I could recite it for you right now, but I'm not going to. It's essentially saying, you know, if you're interested in working with me or need help with your brand strategy, your brand design, or your professional creative career, reach out to me at philipbanduson.com. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to help to take you to the next level. And I end every single video that I do with that little speech. Um, I've always utilized cards and annotations in my videos um, to make uh, lead magnets and free downloadable PDFs and tools available. So depending on what video you're watching, very often there'll be some sort of, you know, worksheet or something that kind of comes along with that, which. Always drive people back to my website. Um, I've used cards to drive people to the sign up page for my newsletter. Um, and my YouTube popularity has also driven my subscribership and my email list to new heights as well, all due to that exposure. So I've used my YouTube channel very strategically to drive people to my site and to drive people to my lead magnets and to my newsletter
1: and to yeah, contacting. Not- and I love how you're being so so strategic about that. Um, and that that technique of including unique downloads, lead magnets, opportunities for people to get more information via engaging with your email list is is so powerful as well. So yeah that's awesome to hear how strategic you're being with that, and you can see that it's impacting on your business as well. So let's talk a little bit and maybe get a bit real about struggles when it comes to this as well, because it's not all unicorns and rainbows growing a YouTube channel. Oh yeah. So, (laughs) so where, where have you struggled with this as well? Because I know for me um, and I know for a lot of listeners as well, that just the idea of committing to regular content production on a consistent basis is a struggle alone. So, so what's been the struggles for you?
0: Uh, It is. Producing content on a regular basis is a struggle. And as I said, I started my newsletter. When I started that, a friend of mine who had a newsletter said, you know, how often are you going to put it out? And I said, every week. He goes, you might want to start with like every two or every three because that week rolls around really fast. And I always remember him saying that. And he was right. Two weeks rolls around really fast. And you have to have a bunch of new content and resources that you're going to share. You have to plug it all into MailChimp. You got to make sure all the links work. I mean, it's a lot of work. Um, and then after I'd done that and got that under my belt for a while, and I started my YouTube channel, I committed to publishing a video every week. And at first I, you know, recorded, edited, did the thumbnails, description, uploaded did the cards, all that sort of stuff every week, like one a week. And then that became a struggle because I felt like I was sacrificing a half a day or, you know, sometimes three quarters of a day every week to just this piece of my promotion. And so I started uh, bulk producing them, so now I record, edit four, I do everything for four, and then I schedule them to go out over a month 's period of time but even though I do that, and I essentially have you know a two day period every month where i 'm doing that, uh, it's, you know that month rolls around really yes. quickly yes. as well and so the commitments that i 've made as, and, and because of the success of the content marketing that i 've been doing, my business has really expanded and so therefore i'm getting more clients more work no more real revenue generating work but i've so keeping up with that content development i also write blog posts i also write articles for linkedin and medium so it's not like those two things are the only things i'm doing i'm also doing you know other stuff as well and it's a struggle to you know keep that stuff coming out um but it has had such an impact on my business. And I am so passionate about sharing what I know for free and giving value to people um, that I've just always kept it up. Even, even if I've had to stay up late at night in order to, you know, to get it done.
1: Are you outsourcing any of your production, any of the, any of the work around this, or are you doing it all yourself?
0: I'm doing it all myself. Any
1: plans to outsource and, any of it?
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm actually right, and we were you were talking about tipping points. That's that that's a tipping point that I'm at right now. Is that I I am um, actively looking for someone to help me with my um, social media content production, and uh, you know because not only creating it, editing it, doing the thumbnails, posting it, you have to cross promote it in a million different places. Uh, You have to make sure you're tweeting about it and posting on Facebook. And, you know, I have a very brand design Facebook page that I need to put content out on. And there's a lot of moving parts. Um, And so I'm, you know, going to be looking for someone to help me with that. If there's yeah, someone, I mean, someone out there who's an amazing, who's an amazing um I know I'm opening myself up to getting a bunch of cold emails now, but if there's someone who's out there who fits that bill, you know, give me a give me a ping.
1: Yeah, definitely. Anyone can help fill it with that. That would be fantastic. So look, I think it comes down to as well, like just really understanding where you need to be adding value to your to your content strategy. And that's that's you as the expert, right? I, I don't and this is what I share with clients all the time is you don't need to be doing the rest of it yourself. So I think that's a great idea to start to look at outsourcing that um, so that you can keep it going because it's obviously working, working for you as well. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there. So, I mean, if, if I was to kind of hit you up for, for one or two key pieces of advice for anyone listening who is either early on in their YouTube channel journey and, you know, focusing on business owners, people who are wanting to create this content marketing using YouTube for the purpose of growing their core business, um, you know, what, what advice could you lend to those people that are, that are earlier on in this journey?
0: One of the things, because this is my business, branding and marketing is my business. One of the things that I constantly tell people, and I'm actually constantly surprised that people don't do this when it is can be so impactful on your, um, on your brand, is establishing a, a brand look and feel. So um, getting a color palette, getting a logo, getting a layout style for your thumbnails, your YouTube thumbnails, um, or your podcast, artwork that is consistent and that's legible at a really small scale because that's another thing that people don't think about is that, you know, over 50% of traffic comes from mobile and people are looking at your YouTube or your podcast thumbnail at about a quarter inch square. And what you put on there cannot be in 14 point type, right? You've got to have it be bold and big and legible so someone can see it as they're, you know, walking their dog on their phone. So Establishing, you know, a, a brand look and feel with colors, fonts, layout style that you use consistently in the content that you produce is really important. And it, it's important because when people, you know, we're all barraged with this constant, you know, you know, kind of sea of content that we're all swimming in. And brand recognition is the first step. You know, there's the three R's, recognition, recall, and being revered. If people don't recognize that a piece of content is from you you've lost and as soon as they do start to recognize that content that's coming down their feed is from you you are starting to win because they're starting to recall that you are a brand that they like listening to or, or watching and so establishing good visual brand identity on your content Um, whether that's in a, a, you know, a graphic style or a color style or photography style that you're using for the visuals that go along with your blog posts or whatever. Um, I think that's really important. and something uh, that a lot of people seem to ignore. And I've seen a lot of people who have, you know, put out hundreds of videos who are, their thumbnails look different every single time. And I find that really, really surprising um, because I think it's a lost opportunity um another thing i would say and you know this is a tool that i you know, i talk a lot a lot about because people don't realize how valuable it is there's a number of tools and i know you use a different one than i do but there that are they're essentially youtube plugins where they will help you with choosing keywords and descriptions and posting cards and annotations and all of the kind of back end um and drudgery that goes into posting a video and making sure that it's it, all its uh all its infrastructure and and keywords are in place um there's a there's a plugin called TubeBuddy buddy that i use that's been incredibly helpful in in cutting the time it takes me to do what i need to do when i'm posting something and also for optimizing the descriptions and the keywords in my videos which is critical in showing up in search, yeah. and so TubeBuddy is like it depends on how many subscribers you have or or, or something like that. But I think it starts at about nineteen dollars a month, and you know, as you go up or your needs go up, it, you know I think I pay maybe thirty five dollars a month for it. But it is it's the best money I spend every month. I got to tell you. And there is a, there
1: is a free um, a free tier isn't yeah. There's a free tier. There is value to the free. Buddy. Good place oh, to start, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so look into that if you're doing that. If you're doing YouTube specifically, um, and then you know, if there's it's funny, I was just looking at an old video I did for you know how to get to a hundred thousand subscribers, and I had eleven different points in it, and I was thinking I should bring up all those eleven points on Ben's yeah. podcast. <laughs> but um, I think that one of the things that I've done from the very beginning that is really valuable and I hear a lot of feedback about is get to the damn point. Mm, yeah. There are so many people who just blab on and on and on like you're the best thing they have, your viewer has in their day is watching your talking head when really what they wanna do is learn, get information and get out. Everyone is time starved these days. So one of the things I'm really proud of that I do is I get in and out, I, I drop a boatload of valuable content in anywhere from 4 to 8 minutes. and most of my videos are, you know, 4 to 5 minutes long. and people are always commenting and saying, "Oh my god, this is so refreshing. Yeah, I, you you just are giving all this amazing stuff and I'm in and out in 5 minutes." And that was influenced by a couple things. Number one, I had some, I had a couple of people that I was a big fan of on YouTube who were in the branding marketing space and I would watch them and their videos would be like 25 minutes long, 30 minutes long. And I'd be like, oh my God, I just don't need to hear all your stories. I want to hear the meat that I can use. Yep. And so when I did my channel, I thought I'm going to get to the point and I'm going to get to the meat fast. And that's what I've done. And the another thing that affected that was your average view count. One of the things TubeBuddy will show you is or I think actually YouTube's will show you this. It'll show you, uh, you know, what your average view time is. And I looked at average view times for some of these people who have like 25 minute videos and their average view time is like five or six minutes. My average view time is almost three quarters the length of my video. So by keeping my video short, the percentage of my videos that people are watching is actually much larger than a lot of other people's. So that's a whole nother reason, you know, why record a 20 minute video when, you know, people are only going to be watching four and a half minutes of it. Yeah. That retention rate, um, which is
1: what you're referring to there is one of the most important metrics that YouTube YouTube gives you and looks at when it comes Mm -hmm. to a ranking algorithm for YouTube content. So uh, what you've mentioned there around paying attention to, to your own retention rate, but also your competition or other people who are speaking in your niche, their retention rate. I think it's important to point out that that's where a tool like TubeBuddy becomes really valuable because that's the tool that allows you to see retention rate on videos for other channels. Whereas using YouTube analytics, you can only see that for yourself without, without a plugin like TubeBuddy or what we use, which is vidIQ. Uh, Same sort of thing, just a different flavor in a way. Um, yeah, that I mean, that gives you that insight into what other people are doing. So, really, really good advice about retention rate. Have you got anything else to to close us
0: out here as far as um great tips to to help you? Well, the one thing one job. thing I would say too is that you know you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Everyone wants to be original. Everyone wants to be unique. But when it comes down to it, there are things that people gravitate towards and are looking for and search for that you have to pay attention to. one of the things that I, I did when I was starting my channel and I've continued to do as I've gone along is I you know and to tell you the truth, that's what I do in my branding business as well. you do competitive audits. you look at what the competition is doing, what they're doing well, what they're not doing well and you find a you know a competitive advantage or a white space opportunity or something that you can move into to be competitive with them. And so one of the things, or something that everyone is doing that you're not doing. And so by watching the videos that other people are producing, watching the content and the topics that they're on, how they title them, um, et cetera. I look at, you know, what people are doing. I look at, you know, their most popular videos and I say, Oh, that's really interesting. You know, nine out of 10 of their most popular videos start with a number like 10 reasons to do this or not fought top five reasons for content, whatever content development. I leverage that. Right. And it works for me. And, or, you know, if there's a particular topic, social media, or, you know, how to use Instagram or whatever that is, I'll do a video on my own take on it, which will be very different from their take, but the topic and the approach to it is the same. So it's not like I'm totally copying people. I mean, there are so many, there are so many, only so many topics in branding and marketing to talk about, um, but you can leverage the success of other people's, you know, um, successes in your own channel. Yeah.
1: And I think and that reflects and back no on the, there, yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Really good advice. And I think that reflects in those videos that were somewhat responsible for the tipping point of your channel, the The design trends for 2018 video, 2017 videos that you created. I mean, that's not a unique idea to do a, a wrap up for the year kind of a video um, or that kind of prediction for the year kind of a, a Content, you know, we see that in all industries and niches. And what you did is put your own take on it and understood that this is the kind of content people want to engage with, and and that that catapulted your channel. So, well done.
0: Yeah, you're actually right. I mean, and I was thinking about it, I, and I didn't get that idea from a YouTube video. I got that idea from an article I saw on a website where they were doing a review of graphic design trend, and I was like, huh, I should do a video of graphic design trend. And so it was, you know, the topic and the the approach that was the inspiration. Um, but, you know, every idea has got to come from somewhere. Awesome stuff. I think this has been almost a bit of a masterclass in,
1: uh, in, in YouTube and, and growing YouTube for your business. So I really appreciate all the learnings you've been able to share with the Engage Video Marketing listeners today. But for people who want to engage with you further, I mean, obviously I have to shout out here. Go and check out Philip's. Mm-hmm youtube channel because it's uh just flicking through the thumbnails there for example i'm clicking on the videos list there you can see that consistency that brand design that philip is applying to his own channel and his own content um it's just it's beautiful work of art on that channel so go and check it out follow subscribe philip van dusen on youtube but where else can people learn more about you
0: Sure. Uh, I mean, the best place to engage with me is on my website, philipvandusen.com. And you could also uh, subscribe to my newsletter, which is called Brand Muse. And you can subscribe if you go to philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E, and sign up for my newsletter. I uh, publish a you know an insight and resources and articles that I think are tops, and I promote Ben's podcast and, you know, um, and books and quotes and all sorts of stuff. So if you want to keep up with what's, what I think is awesome, um, subscribe to my newsletter. And if you wanted to engage with me on a professional level as a, as a creative professional coach, you could go to philipvandusen.com one on one. And, uh, that's, you know, spelled out one, not the number one. Um, and you can see what I offer in terms of coaching.
1: Awesome. Look, I can attest to to the value that you do share in your newsletters as well. It's uh, I kind of personally hate the term newsletter when it comes to email because who likes newsletters, right? I don't even read the ones that come home from my kid's school. But <laughs> the reality is that your your brand news email certainly does include some some great information and um, you know some great insight into what's going on in the world of branding and digital. So yeah get on that. Um, thanks for your time today, Philip. It's been great to have you back on the podcast and you know, maybe we'll get you back again in, a, in another 65 episodes and see where you're at as your YouTube channel explodes further.
0: That's great. Ben, you're doing amazing work here on Engage um, Video Marketing Podcast, and I just want to say if you haven't gone back and listened to the previous 62 episodes, you definitely should because there's incredible value there and I never miss an episode. So thanks again for having me back on, and, um, and I, I'll hopefully have you uh, in my Brand news interview series again on YouTube soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we should shout that out. I'll include a link in the oh, yeah. uh, in the show notes to the interview that I did with Philip on Brand Muse on his YouTube channel. So go and check that out, the uh, show notes page. I'll call out the link in the conclusion here to the show. Um, but as always, all the links will be there of everything that we talked about today. Philip, I appreciate you, mate, and I appreciate your time today. Thanks, man so good philip i know you'll be listening so i wanted to let you know that i'll be seeing where you go with your channel over the next 12 months and i'm excited for you mate and i know the listeners of the engaged video marketing podcast are behind you now too so what did you think of the show today are you inspired to take more action on youtube for me To be honest, I'm still working on my channel. Honestly, I'm currently just too sporadic and unplanned with my content on there. And I am inspired by talking to Philip today and and hearing his story to take better action on YouTube moving forward. So, will you join me? I'd love for you to let me know on Twitter at engage underscore Ben or reach out DM me Instagram at engage underscore Ben as well. So let me know the action that you'll be taking on your YouTube channel following today's chat but for now that's it for this week but it doesn't need to end there because if you click that subscribe button right now on your podcast player you'll be the first to catch next week's episode as soon as it launches and next week we're going to be diving into the world of facebook messenger bots and video marketing should be cool looking forward to it So links to everything we talked about in today's show are over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 68. And until next time, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through strategic online video. Bye for now. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business. If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I wanna introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an Engage Video Marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com
0: slash convertkit.